parents, families, friends who are here to support them. Now, if you would, turn with me to the book of Jeremiah, to whom it was said what we prayed over these young folks this morning. I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Go to chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 10. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. And we will do our best in, what do I have, a couple, two hours? No, <laughs> 16 minutes, yeah. See what we can do with the time that we have remaining. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. And before we read, Lord, open our eyes so that we can see everything here in your law. Holy Spirit, speak. Thank you for this opportunity. We get to together study your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. It should be here on the screens, and if you would not mind reading with me, um, I will read from the right version this week. Those of you last week, I was in another one all by myself, but I'm with you today, the NIV. It says this, the words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, you can read with me, one of the priests of Anathoth in the territory of Benjamin. No? Oh, the screen is in RSV this time. All right, well, y'all read whatever it says, and we're going to just go into God's <laughs> word together. Matter of fact, I'll read the NRSV with you. How about that? Uh, you switch. All right. Jeremiah, Daniel, you're great. You're doing wonderfully, my man. You're doing wonderfully. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 1 through 10 from the NRSV. Y'all read with me. The words of Jeremiah son of Hilkiah, of the priests who were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of King Josiah, son of Ammon of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of King Jehoiakim, son of Josiah of Judah, and until the end of the eleventh year of King Zedekiah, son of Josiah of Judah, until the captivity of Jerusalem, in the fifth month. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, ah, Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a boy. For you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Verse 9, then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Turn to your neighbor and, and just share this message title with them. When the word of the Lord comes. That's the title of our message today. And the three things about which I'd like to speak, maybe we'll get to one this morning, is one, the Lord speaks. Two, discipleship through impediment. And three, the power of the Lord's word. The Lord speaks, discipleship through impediment, and the power of the Lord's word, the power of the word of God, the power of his word. When the word of the Lord comes, things change, Kelly. They change. 
When the word of the Lord comes, we cannot remain the same. Or maybe said differently and perhaps more appropriately, when the word of the Lord comes, we do not have to remain the same. We get the privilege of then choosing him and what his word has to say. Um, Taylor, my bride of 14 years, and I, uh, together and individually, are talking to our kids all the time, speaking to them or speaking over them in prayer, speaking into their lives, but we're communicating, saying a lot of words, and I think the more we go along this parenthood journey, we realize the power that our words have. And so typically, when we're saying things, and I'll say I, I've noticed about me when I'm talking to our children that I get one of three or four responses. If it's something that they really want, you know, ice cream or going to the park, I can barely get the words out before they're doing backflips in excitement about what we are going to do. Never do they ask, do we have the money, mom and dad? Do we have enough time to get there? How is it that we are going to work that into the schedule? No, they hear the word and the faith is extended automatically to that word. Amen? The other response that I'll get from them is one of when there's something unfamiliar or just a bit confusing to them, like, hey, we are gonna take some of your toys and give them to others who may not have them. Huh? (laughs) Why would we give my really good My Little Pony away? But there's this sort of questioning of why, how would we do that? Then there's Maybe one or two more responses I'll get, usually when I'm telling them something that they don't want to do. Clean your room. We're going to go to, I don't know, where do they not like to go? They're gonna, we're going to go somewhere you don't want to go, and they will, uh, one of two responses will be something like, the face starts first, right? And then, I don't want to go, I don't want to, right? That's one. And then the other is just that. It's time to go to bed. Crickets. Hey, it's time to put your toys away. Hey, guys, did you hear what I said? It's time to go to bed. There's crickets. And I find that when our Lord speaks to us, we can be very similar. Right? If I, if I or whoever, the man or woman of God, comes to your life, maybe it's your neighbor, and they say, The Lord is going to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, not that you don't have enough room to receive. You're the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. There is no weapon formed against you that is going to prosper. We don't, the words don't even have to get out of their mouth before we say, yeah, preach on, preacher. Amen. I receive it. I hear it. It's done. I declare and decree. It's mine up in this camp today. And then there may be times when somebody comes along, God typically uses people and He'll say something like, go into all the world. Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission. Make disciples of all nations. Go to Farmington and Prospect. Go to West Haven and Glenmore. Hit up the university and Friendship Court. I've never seen, how does that work? God, huh? That's unfamiliar. I'm safe in my little space. Or maybe God will come to us with a word that's like reconciliation I can do for you and your family, but it's going to require your participation. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to call them. I don't want to forgive them. 
Just do it, Lord. Or finally, and this is an example of many, maybe somebody comes alongside you and says, you know, at 7.30 a.m. on Sunday morning, Joseph Williams and his team is here. They're planting flags out in front so people can find their way in. My goodness, I know he says he's good and, and he would... He would just, he never complains, Joseph and his team, and yet I don't think he turned down some help. Anybody want to come serve alongside as unto the Lord? <laughs> Crickets. Which was kind of like my initial response some 15 years ago. Short, short story, we were in Washington, D.C. We were as a part of a, our first church plant as a family, which was the church plant of Grace Covenant. Who knew 15 years later we would be a church plant of Grace Covenant here? God knew, and they came, came to me and said, hey, bro, we just get together in the morning, have some breakfast, we pray. We get here about three hours before service, and then we, we, we pick up some speakers, and, and I said, huh? <laughs> they said, Taylor, do you want to, after working all week teaching from Monday through Friday in Washington, D.C., schools come and serve the kids on Sunday, maybe the one of the two days you try to get away from them? <laughs> and I imagine, I didn't ask her about this beforehand, that it was like, huh? <laughs> crickets. The Lord speaks discipleship through impediment and the power of the word of God. Jeremiah, we're going to come back to our response to what the Lord is saying. One of five major prophetic books in the Bible, all of those prophetic books are in the Old Testament. There are then 12 minor prophets, which has no bearing on the level of inspiration each received when these books were written, but has more to do with the content. The major prophets are more broad, more implications globally, if you will, and they tend to be longer than the minor prophets. Jeremiah is one of those major prophets. And a general note, I don't have time for this, but I'm gonna plug in this parenthetical. We tend to kind of skip over or maybe gloss, we could, the, pro the prophetic books of the Bible. And I just want to encourage us, the whole canon, the whole canon, giving attention to is so important. Even Jesus many times referred to what the prophets said. The coming of Jesus was actually prophesied in Jeremiah when he spoke of God raising up a righteous branch in the line of David. Jeremiah 23 and 5, and again, Jeremiah 33 and 15. And it's likely, though the words are not quoted directly in the New Testament, that these words contributed significantly to the number of times Jesus was called the son of David. Furthermore, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, verse 15, it says, this is what the Lord says. A voice is heard in Ramah, mourning and great weeping, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no, mo no more. It's at least a part of the prophecy of what then would happen when King Herod ordered the massacre of all of the infants in Bethlehem. So these prophetic books, one of which we're speaking about today, are absolutely worth our attention and our study that will hopefully increase our appreciation for the inspired word of God, written over 1,400 years by 40 different writers, yes, flawed, just like you and me, and yet inspired to pen the word of a sinless God across three continents, yet still communicating one singular message. Jesus is Lord. Amen. The Lord speaks, verse 1 of this text, Jeremiah chapter 1, it says the word of the Lord in the NIV or in our NRSV or the ESV or the KJV, whichever you're reading. It says the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, from Anathoth. Similar to how the word of the Lord came in Genesis to Abraham or 2 Samuel to the prophet Nathan or 1 Kings to, the, to Solomon or Ezekiel. The word of the Lord came to Ezekiel sub point because we may not get to all of them today and that is okay he wants to come to your neighborhood too yeah. 
on your robe, in your heart, there's the word of the Lord that wants to come to you. Young, old, black, white, Latinx, Asian, student, professional studies, retired, barber, doctor, lawyer, businessman or woman, firefighter or policeman or woman. He wants to speak. And I would say he is speaking to each of us. It goes on in our text to say the word of the Lord came to him in the 13th year of the reign of Josiah through the reign of Jehoiakim and down to Zedekiah, which suggests to me he's not just stopping by to drop a few nuggets and then maybe a few years come back and say, oh, hey, Shelby, how you doing? I haven't talked to you in a while. He's talking to us constantly for generations. He's speaking through his word and through others that come to us that bear his word. And every day that we open up his word, we get to pray according to Psalm 119 and 18 that says, as I pray every week, open up our eyes. Help us see all that is in your law. Because I believe that this is the word of God. And when I open the scripture available to us in so many translations and versions, I'm hearing the words of the Lord. Scholars suggest Jeremiah was a teenager, like my man Daniel back there. Can we give it up quickly for Daniel? Run any slides this morning? Jeremiah was a teenager when he was called and called to be a spokesperson for God, essentially what a prophet is. And another aside is we do believe in the present day operation, manifestations of the gifts of the spirit. If we were to flip to 1 Corinthians 14, we believe to that end that prophecy is for the building up and the encouragement and the comfort of the people of God. So his job, Jeremiah, was to declare the coming judgment of God. He's often called the weeping prophet because so much of what he had to share, he just got real sorrowful about God's judgment coming to the people. And yet God is a just God. And he's also very merciful and gracious because his concern was still for the repentance and the righteousness of the people of Judah, as it is for us today. How many know he wants us to be reconciled to him? I love how Erica said it in the prayer. She says, thank you for the opportunities to trust you. Oh, I love that. What an opportunity we get to be reconciled to you and to each other. And today he still speaks through his word and as mentioned through the gifting of whether through prophecy or otherwise that God blesses us with indecency and in order. The Lord speaks. And what we find here in this text and certainly we'll find today with each other as adults and some young folks and most certainly with young people is that there's some impediment that we then have to disciple them through, which is the second point. Discipleship through impediment. Last night we were having um, uh, dinner with one of our neighbors and our neighbor, uh, we love him and we have kids around the same age and one of the kids at one point during the dinner said, can you help me? I need to go use the bathroom. I need, I need somebody to walk with me to the bathroom. <laughs> and we're sitting there and the parent, our friend just looked and said, you're good, you got it, go. And he, he kind of looked at the mom, and he looked at me and Taylor, and he was like, okay, yeah, 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 I got it. <laughs> and he was good. He needed a little bit of nudge, a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of, yes, you heard right, your bladder is calling, and I'm telling you, Jeremiah, don't be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Illustrations come from all parts of life. God is always speaking. I said, oh, my God, he's preaching a sermon tomorrow. He said, I got this. Jeremiah, he's called. He says, I'm too young. I don't know how to speak. Moses, who appears in the honor roll of the faithful in the book of Hebrews, he too said, I have a stutter. How could you use me? Jonah just straight up says, I don't want to go. We know, <laughs> we know how that worked out. 
God will use anything to disciple us through impediment. Got a fish. Samuel, young boy. Lord's calling him. First time he goes to Eli, the priest. Second time goes again. Third time Eli finally says, wait a sec. Hey, next time you hear somebody calling you, say, Lord, I hear you. Your servant is listening. Discipled through impediment. And we, and can I say in the, in the spirit of the who's next theme, young people in the next generation behind us need others, us, to disciple them through whatever impediments they might be experiencing. Because I, can I tell you, I believe the Lord is speaking to each of them right now. And they don't know what, what's happening. Why am I having these dreams? Lord, what? Is that you? What? Yeah, huh? Go. Yes, it's the Lord. Verse 9 says, the Lord reached out, touched his mouth. I'm so glad mm, that we have a God who doesn't mind coming near. If we're going to disciple people through impediment, there's got to be a nearness, Kate. Jesus, the word is kenosis. Reading over in the book of Philippians where it says he's emptied himself of his divine and part nature to come down in the incarnation to be with us. I'm so glad we serve a father in heaven who doesn't mind coming close. And I just say, Lord, how might I come close, not from a pious on a stage platform, looking down at my young children or the teenagers he's blessed me to, to facilitate groups with that CHS or in this congregation or those you get to come across. How might we be close physically? Yes. But then also from a place that says I am no better. It's just a little bit. Maybe I have to share about what you're hearing. And yes, it is the Lord. He came close. He reached out. He was close enough to touch his mouth. But there's a tension that I find that we experience. Hebrews describes it as dull of hearing. We can't even disciple the next generation through impediment if we are dull of hearing, which doesn't mean we don't have faith. It doesn't mean that God's not speaking or that we're not capable. It just means maybe there's a little bit of leaning on to the extent that we're dwelling in the elementary principles of the gospel, which, Frankie, I would say absolutely are important and we preach about them often and yet he wants us to have a foundation of those to progress less when our young people are fearing as jeremiah was here there's nothing we can disciple them through because we have a still a gripping of fear as it relates to something in our lives or if there's some sort of trepidation or anxiety or, and I'm not speaking of it in the pathological sense, but the general sense of anxiety that we might have, if we cannot see or believe that God is more than enough to reconcile our marriage or our relationships, then how might he use us to disciple some young people through some impediment? Which is not to say that we need to be without issue to do such. Lord knows we all got some, everybody in here. If you're here, as I like to say, any institution with any, or with any human beings involved, it's going to be a little jacked up. We all come to the table with some issues. I think Henry Nguyen was the author who wrote the book Wounded Healer. But even in those issues and through those issues, God can use us to disciple those next to us. The question is, how are we positioning ourselves to hear well from God to then help another hear well? Are we making it a habit to study the word of God and get familiar with his voice? Because as we do, then we can help the younger generation experience, as I hasten to the third point, the power of God. The power of the word of God. Verse 10 says, Jeremiah was appointed over nations and kingdoms to uproot, tear down, destroy, overthrow, build, and to plant. He was warning them of all of the threats from 
as it's described in scripture, the north, which essentially he was speaking to uh, at the Babylonians' hands, how the exile was to take place. And he was saying there's this impending sort of destruction that's coming, but yet a beckoning, if we go a bit further into Jeremiah, about a hopeful future that they could also take part in. He was appointed to uproot, tear down, destroy, overthrow, and to build and to plant. Not when he finished his degree, not when he got tenure, not when he was in a different socioeconomic strata, not when he got his business off the ground, not when, fill in the blank for you, no, now, Jeremiah, as a teen, scholars believe he was called, now you're being appointed to do those six things, those verbs that, as Jeremiah's role would be, to champion the covenant with our Heavenly Father. He thought he was too young and that he couldn't speak, and the Lord said, listen, young fellow, I'm with you. Go, I got you. I put my words in your mouth, and my words have power. And if you're a Christ follower, you're sitting here and you say, I'm a Christian, we believe at the word of the Lord, literally the stars were hung in the sky. At the word of the Lord, heaven and the earth were created. When the word of the Lord comes, supernatural things occur. We cannot stay the same. When the word of the Lord comes, there can be peace, as Will prayed, that passes understanding. When the word of the Lord comes, we can participate in said reconciliation with our family or others. When the word of the Lord comes, the power associated with his words will tear down any stronghold that we are falling prey to in our lives. Whatever that might look like, it could be the generational curse of alcoholism or the generational uh, uh, dysfunction of divorce. It could be the generational issues of drug addiction. At the name of Jesus, Erica prayed, every knee shall bow. When the word of the Lord comes, the power of his word says, I've seen this before. In fact, I came to earth. The word of the Lord came in flesh. I lived a life that you should have lived, died a death that I should have died. Chase, you should have died. He did that, then rose on the third day, proving that he's a son of God, ascending to the throne with all power in his hand. So now when my word comes, the power that defeated death in the grave comes right along with it. How do you hear me? Is the frequency clear enough? Are you discouraged in your spirit? Are you available for my power to do only what it can? Reconciliation? The greatest conciliatory act ever was what he accomplished through the cross. Messy, yes. Bloody, yes. Did death occur? Absolutely. And the power of his word that comes to Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all of those that we outline and now to you and me today can destroy whatever strongholds plague you or me or the city. The question is not whether or not God can do it. The question is who's available for that power to work in and through us. That power. As I close... 16 minutes, almost. We were in Long Island a week and a half ago, my hometown, spending time with some friends I hadn't seen in over 20 years. Like, that's crazy to say that. 20 years, I haven't seen them. And Taylor was talking with one friend, and they were talking about our children and just how different they are and how they hear us, right? So Taylor said, yeah, you know, with our kids, we, you know, I'll say I love you to them, and I'll, they'll, three different responses. One will say nothing. Crickets. Right? I love you. The other will say, I love you too. I love you so much. I love you so much. And then the other one, whatever that child is doing, Taylor's, I love you. I know. 
I said, wow. Would you look at, don't, don't go and ask them who's which one. Yeah, don't do that. I got to be careful with my illustrations of them so not to have them fall prey to the PK issues that some can grow up with. I kind of set you up to contribute to that. Don't do that. Leave that here with the illustration and the sermon. Thank you. Oh. But just like them, kids have different ways of hearing. And if there's not a closeness, a sense of, of intimacy, how then can we disciple through what that might be? Right? Some might be like, oh, I got this. I hear the word. Yes, and that is this scripture, and they're studying them. Hey, praise God. Let's walk together. Others, as we've outlined already, are wondering, am I too young? Like Jeremiah. Am I too young to bring that word? And can we just say, quite practically, he was talking about the folks to the north that were coming and the destruction that was going to happen, and yet the future and the hope that still existed. How many know we got some things in our community, locally, statewide, broad, uh, nation? wide and certainly abroad as well that need to be uprooted torn down destroyed overthrown and to build and to plant and Lord help us pass the baton well to those who can take it boldly and with confidence because they're hearing from the Lord and discipled by you and me to say I know what to do with this gift because the gifts of God are given irrevocably. We can go on with that. And, and so those gifts can take them to do some things, might read palms or do whatever, or it could be used to say, thus saith the Lord. For this community, in this time, in this season, I see racial reconciliation happening. Not with a good strategy, but by the power of the word. When the word of the Lord comes, things cannot remain the same. How many want to be a conduit of his power? Amen.